Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Get ready to expand your alignment with Source. Welcome to Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. Here's your host, Ray Zander. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Everyday Attraction. This is your feel-good sister, Ray, and I am with our feel-good sister, Debbie Ann DeRose. Welcome back to the podcast, Debbie Ann. Woohoo! Thanks, Ray. So happy to be here. Love to chat with you about all things Law of Attraction. As many of you know, we like to go deep and then kind of not so deep about Law of Attraction, but mostly what we want to do is find delicious morsels for you to take into your everyday life. So the Law of Attraction becomes something personal and not something theoretical. It's really where things can get interesting. And before I jump into our content for the show and what we want to talk about thematically, I want to really encourage you to check out our website. We've done a lot of reformatting on everydayattraction.com around these gorgeous oils. And the reason I've been really focusing on the doTERRA oils is because they've been working in my life so beautifully. And whenever something works, I can't help but share it. Really what we're finding out is this non-resistant plant energy is working with the brain for us to release negative emotion. Now we love negative emotion when it comes to understanding that we are out of kilter, but sometimes we get into patterns. We get into momentum, as Abraham would say, and working with our physical brain and working with our cells can really help us choose again to be able to make choices because sometimes it's easy to say choose another another thought but sometimes we're so caught up in certain momentums it's more difficult to do that and these wonderful essential oils that come in these roll-ons simply are so available for us to use in our everyday to help release let go relax and choose again so check it out everydayattraction.com highly recommend the peace blend I do not leave home without it. Okay, that's our shout out to our sponsor, doTERRA. Back to what we want to talk about today. But before actually do that, Debian, it's been a while since you've been on the show. And I really would love to know, what have you been up to? What have you been writing? Tell us everything. Well, not everything. <laughs> I can't divulge my secrets, but there are a few books on the back burner. <laughs> and there's a, there's a reissue of an old classic, which is How I Met the Man of My Dreams, A Guide to Manifesting Yours. <laughs> and you got to say it with a Southern accent, manifest. <laughs> it's a perennial favorite. Well, since I got married recently, you know, it's fun to revisit it and reread the love story that's in there. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to be giving a lecture at the Rhoda Psychic Fair in Monterey next month. So that's really fun getting ready for that. And it's on manifesting for the single gal. I love it. Now, where can people find out more about that? I'm not sure the website offhand, but you can Google. Rota Fairs, R-O-T-A, 
And it's the Rota Psychic Fair. It's like October 13th and 14th down in the Monterey Peninsula of California. In case you happen to be down there, it's a gorgeous area. It's worth a trip just for fun. <laughs> I love it down there. Can't miss it. Great to go around to Monterey, the aquarium, Carmel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're thinking about a road trip, go there and check out Debian at the Rota Fair. If you want to also follow Debian more closely, her website is debian.com. That's with an I, D-E-B-B-I-A-N-N-E.com. I love that you're talking about relationships, which is our theme for today, really understanding some of the metaphysics of relationships, whether it be finding the love of your life or working with your boss or what we're going to focus on today, parenting whether it be your son or daughter or stepchildren, it all applies. And you know what I love about these principles and how they're being delivered specifically through our gorgeous channels, Abraham. If you're new to the show, it's abraham-hicks.com. What I love about what they're delivering, Debian, is that even though we're talking about a mother and a son today, it really applies to all relationships. These principles don't get squirrely, you know? It's almost like if you can get it down in one area, all you need to do is kind of shift what you've done into another area, and it kind of works like a charm. It's true. And everything's a relationship because we're constantly interacting with other other people. So it's it's a good guiding principle, but how do we want to operate? And it's so easy to slip back into the, um, you know, what Jeanette would call the muggle mind, (laughs) you know, where you're just focusing on what's wrong and having these, um, we need to talk about this, you know, and you just make the problem bigger (laughs) and worse. (laughs) That's why I love Abraham's approach. It's like, no, (laughs) let's... Let's focus on what we want and see what happens then. And it works. <laughs> exactly. What I also love about it too is, is what they're saying to us is here's how to be the best possible person in a relationship. And it just happens to be the best possible way to be in the world as well. You know, like there's there's no sacrificing here. There's no pretzeling who you are to make it work with someone else. There there really are, and hold your breath, people, there really aren't compromises. You know, what I love about the Abraham work is that it's it's kind of opposite of what we've been taught conventionally. I think when we talk about relationships, there's always this idea of compromise, that that's just a given, that when you're in a relationship, compromise is going to be necessary. And as our teachers say, hey, don't, you know, don't blame the messenger, but they pretty much say you could live with anybody you want on the street corner if you would want to. You could pick up any random person and live with them if you know these principles, which is always kind of ruffle people's feathers a bit. Yeah, that's what, you know, I have a whole new way of looking at the idea of arranged marriages. When I first heard about it a long time ago, I thought, oh, that's horrible. And then I realized, no, it's actually, it's a spiritual practice to be, I mean, certain cultures still do this, right? They arrange the marriage. So it's choosing to behave in a certain way and choosing love and choosing respect and making it work as opposed to that, like, you know, knock down, drag out, fall in love thing. (laughs) So it's kind of like your kids too, because you don't really choose them, not consciously. They say on some level, we choose our parents as spirits, but you have to make it work, right? You have to choose the high road. <laughs> oh my God, I'm laughing so deeply right here. I'm like, yes, my, my children are in arranged marriage. <laughs> 
they truly are an arranged marriage and you just have to make it work. But the good news is nobody has to sacrifice who they are. And that's really, I think, what I love about about this work. But I do want to preface and warn people who are listening to this. I mean, many of us listening to this show, obviously, are Abrahamers, and we're not going to be surprised about some of the stuff we're going to hear. But for those of you who are new to this game, you know, just beware, they're going to have you throwing out all those parenting books and (laughs) all those other parenting podcasts you've been listening to, because their approach is quite simple. It's quite elegant. It's very direct and very much in line with how they always speak in that really what we're wanting to do in every situation, whether it be issues with relationships with our bodies or with our our prosperity, it is about, you know, hooking up with our helpers hooking up with what they refer to as our inner being, um, that part of us, which is not really fully present in the physical, but mostly is uh, very much alive and creating in the non-physical. So, uh, you know, no surprise there. The, you know, the takeaway is line up with who you really are. But taking that into the nitty gritty, and especially when it has to when it comes to family, uh, it can get a little bit trickier because it feels more like we need to cajole or manage or make happen in order for things to really work in our way. So, you know, in your experience, Debbie Ann, was there a clear point in your world where you stopped trying to find your man? Yeah, there was definitely a letting go where I was just completely happy no matter what. And then it happened quickly. You know, I met him a month later. I think I was in intensive Abraham mode for about six months before that, where I was just listening to Abraham tracks all day long. And just, I was really making a science of being happy and being impervious to whatever happens. And then I just let go. And yeah, things happen quickly when we're not resistant. It's amazing. (laughs) Isn't it? It really is truly one of those art forms, they say. You know, your ability to actually rather than the word surrender, I I want to even soften it more to just being allowing because even mm-hmm. surrendering feels like work. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. allowing, allowing has kind of a, I don't know, a gentler touch to it and getting more in touch with, you know, with our inner beings. One of the books that I've really been resonating with recently that is sort of in line with what we're talking about today is uh, the book Divine Audacity. What's so wonderful about Divine Audacity is kind of what we're talking about is just lining up with the larger I am presence of who you are more consistently through the day. As Abraham Esther is going to reveal, sometimes that requires two or three hundred rememberings a day. (laughs) And the way that they kind of get into being with their inner being is saying, you know, does this thought feel satisfying or is it satisfying? Because what we know about the feeling of satisfaction is that it resonates more in line with what our inner being and and our wiser self will know. So it's really kind of tricks of the trade here to remember our true identity, the superheroes that we are, the co-creative infinite intelligence, and then the personality self that we're playing at, the one that we've come here on the earth planet 
plane to explore and create, have fun, my favorite F word, you know, really kind of understanding when we're all in on one or the other. And, uh, and this audacity part, I think, is really interesting because it is pretty audacious to claim that you are infinite intelligence. And I do think that some of us shy away from that. We're kind of like, well, I'm not that infinite or that intelligent. <laughs> oh, yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, this whole thing like about helping the single gals, I've been doing that for years, but it's a continuum. And the skills that you acquire if you know if you're single and wanting a partner it carries over into the relationship it's not separate from it you're just becoming more of your ideal self that's the way i look at it like what you're saying there's the personality self and the infinite being and the the sooner you close the gap you know the better you feel <laughs> so if you feel like incomplete you know without a partner then that's not totally self-loving the self-loving approach is I am great just as I am. I'm complete. You know, I'm awesome. <laughs> There's nothing wrong here. There's nothing to do here. And that state of wholeness is what attracts the partner who's also feeling whole. So, and, and it carries through because once you're in a relationship, as you know, you know, if, if you're feeling incomplete and insecure, it causes all kinds of problems. <laughs> and so working on yourself is is the ultimate payoff, I think, whether you're hooked up or not, whether whatever your kind of relationships you're in, just ask yourself, am I being my ideal self? Like who who is my ideal self and how would she handle this? How would what would she say in response to that? For me, that really puts it in perspective right away. Because I have an idea of this person, like a character. Who's my ideal self? You know, and then I know right away if I'm being like her or being very different from her. I love how we're talking about closing this gap, whether it be, you know, about finding the love of your life or being okay no matter what's happening with your kids. Because I hear kind of this misinformation in our culture that says, you know, happy wife, happy life. And I think, oh, God. No, that's a that's a doomed relationship right there. If if, <laughs> if he or she is only making the wife happy, uh, that's trouble. And then also this idea that you know, as long as my kids are good, I'm good, is also mm -hmm. something we kind of feel like, oh well, that's just being a good parent, or that's just being a good spouse. And really, we kind of want to turn that upside down today. We want to say it's not about making your wife or spouse happy, and it's not about only being okay if your kids are thriving. It really is quite the opposite. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And it's an act of bravery to step outside that paradigm, really, you know, to say that, oh, other people are allowed to have their own experience, whatever it is. And I can still be happy and like stand here and be like a pillar of happy tuned inness <laughs> for them. That's it. Somebody else tell you you're selfish if you do that. But, you know, that's just the um, the mainstream way of thinking. So we're thinking outside the box here. And when you do this successfully, you set an example for other people because it does work when you stop focusing on what's wrong. <laughs> it really does change things on its own. You just got to trust it. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of momentum out there telling us the exact opposite. So, you know, kudos yeah. for us for, for pushing against what is sort of the, the noise or the splashing on the surface. Um, I think it's pretty interesting to, to see that there are 
some really powerful alternative ways to be in the world. And what's interesting about this is you really don't have to take our word for it. I, I actually say don't take our word for it, but just really practice in and of yourself to see that when you align with your inner knowing and you relax and allow and know that all is well, no matter what is happening and, and that the contrast is serving you and that you are truly complete and whole as yourself, infinitely complete and whole, that the whole world takes on a different set of colors and transactions. It, you know, again, it's not a hundred percent thing. It's sort of like Abraham says, you know, it's not like a college degree where once you get it, you're forever done. It's going to be a popping in and a popping out. And even if Esther, who who's pretty aligned, the fact that she's bringing in this energy called Abraham means that she's, you know, got it going on. The fact that she, <laughs> you know, she has to adjust two or 300 times a day to remember who she is. I sort of feel like, well, heck, <laughs> if I'm doing five or 600, I'm still <laughs> doing pretty good. That's right. <laughs> Give yourself a pat on the back. <laughs> yeah. We want to be easy with ourselves. This is not about perfection. It's not about becoming, you know, some sort of robed angelic presence. It's just remembering the love and remembering yeah. the truth of who we are and the eternalness, you know, we kind of can make a lot of things a big deal and they don't, don't necessarily quite require as much drama as we might be bringing to the party. Oh, that's so true. And I'm really curious to hear how you apply this um, being a mom, because you are a mom. I'm not a mom in this lifetime. I'm sure I've done it in many other bodies, but <laughs> uh, I could talk about how I applied it in my relationship with my husband. But I'm curious about the parenting. That's juicy. Yeah, it's really juicy. So let's jump in and play a little bit from a recent workshop that was actually recorded in Seattle, Washington. And you can find this recording and many others by going to the Abraham Hicks website, which is abraham-hicks.com. And although we're playing you a little bit of this workshop, we do encourage you to go to their site and buy everything that they have and go on all their trips. So that is what we prefer you to do. But we love to dive deep on the little appetizer of what these magnificent energies are delivering to us and to you, because you wouldn't have found this podcast if you weren't ready to hear this. So buckle in. Here we go. Duality of you teeing up exactly what my question was. So, and if you'll indulge me in allowing me to kind of get out my whole question here, maybe. <laughs> It depends on how much resistance you put into the equation, and we'll help you. Perfect. Perfect. So when we're talking about being at different levels, and we don't want to move down, so I have my son, and he has um, feelings about studying, and he gets really, really worked up, like bad. I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult to watch. And so... He really wants to be, you know, perfect. And I'm trying to teach him that perfection isn't going to come just like that. And it may not ever come. So stop for just a minute. Okay. He doesn't really want perfect. He just wants to feel good. Yes. And through life, he's come to believe that he will feel the best by finding vibrational equivalency with teachers who expect things and parents who expect things. What's already happened to him and to most is that you let your 
peers be your peers. You let the people around you be those that you are trying to find mutuality with because you're not so aware of your inner being because his inner being isn't asking him for any kind of perfection. His inner being is asking him to focus upon things that he wants and just not offer contradictory energy. So when he wants to do well and believes that he can't, now he's not finding vibrational alignment with himself. Yes. Right. So I've tried everything that I can think of. And as I was sitting there, I thought of one more thing that I should be talking to you about, but I'm trying to. But here's the thing. What's your thought about your son in relationship to his intellect, in this relationship to how he will be in the world. What's your thought about it? Well, that's perfect. That's exactly what I was going to talk about because I feel like shouldn't I be... Well, what is your thought? Okay, so my thought changes. It varies. There may be times where I think, oh my God, if he's feeling this way, he's going to have a horrible... So you're not in sync That's with right. your inner being. That's right. So you're watching him struggle, then you come and struggle with him, and nothing gets better. And meanwhile, both of you have all this access that neither one of you are reaching right. for. So understanding that, but what to do about it. So now let's apply this process that we were just talking about here. Let's take into consideration that both of you are wanting to come into vibrational alignment with your own inner beings. That's a given. You understand that you'll feel better. That's where the satisfaction is. So you just look at this person in relationship to you, this person, and think about all of the aspects of this person, your son, and think to yourself, what are his positive aspects? But we want you to hear that question in a whole new light right now. What are the aspects of my son that I could focus upon? And when I do, I will be mutual with my inner being. You hear what positive aspects really means? It means what aspects of him do I feel positive about when I focus on him? Because his studies is sure isn't one of them. So what aspects of him are a slam dunk for me staying in alignment with source? Because that's the only hope I have of being any value to him. That's right. All right. I got to stop there. That's just so juicy. That's what came, what, what resonated with you. I want to hear the mama's perspective. <laughs> well, I think what's interesting in that is that she, she can't really focus on the issue, which she feels, and I can hear the momentum is that that's exactly what she should be doing as a good parent, right? right? She should be looking at the issue and figuring out what's wrong. And what Abraham is saying there that I think is so interesting is, and they're kind of fine-tuning positive aspects, which they've been talking about for decades, right? They're fine-tuning that you want to focus on something about him where when you think it, you are in resonance with your inner being. In other words, you don't want to fabricate stuff. You don't want to make up stuff. You don't want to get wishful thinking. You want to really say, what is it that I can think about this person that lines me up with my inner being and allows me to feel good, that I've practiced, that I know to be true, that's within reach? Because obviously there's a lot about this kid that is magnificent and is and that she has practiced in the past, but to deliberately do it and to pull her attention away from the issue at hand is really where this gets to be in totally new territory. Right. Because I mean, essentially in some way she's bullied 
by society <laughs> to to feel like a good parent. She has to do what everybody else does. And what's interesting is like what her son is experiencing and what she experiences are almost the same thing because he feels like he has to please people and so does she. And so this is this is a radical introduction of the idea of like, no, do it differently. Don't fixate on the problem. <laughs> and that feels like malpractice, right? <laughs> it takes a lot of bravery to follow Abraham as a parent, I think. Oh, it does. I think it it total it, to, it takes total all in, and I think once you get the momentum of it, you you get the results pretty quickly. But it does take a sort of leap of faith initially because it does go against the grain of what we've been taught and what our society has been conditioned to say is good parenting. But you ex- you exactly hit it on the head: is that her son is being entrained to look for perfection through the eyes of his teacher or the eyes of his mother or the eyes of his peers. And that is exactly the wrong entrainment because that's fickle. That's going to change. That's going to be quite a roller coaster ride, depending on who you're looking to for perfection. The perfection, quote unquote, of course, we know that's not ever really what we came for, but really the perfection is to to look to his own inner being. Mm-hmm. Like what what is my true desire? Because what is perfect for him is what lines up with his true desire, which his inner being is resonating all over the place. And we know, thank you, emotional guidance system, that when he gets into that place of focusing on what he loves about himself or what he knows about himself, that's like ding, 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 ding. That allows the resonance and the quote unquote perfection to bubble up because now he's, you know, firing on all jets. Yeah. And that's why some of the alternative schools can be really wonderful for that. You know, Waldorf training, Montessori, because they they tend to honor the uniqueness of the child more than putting them into cookie cutter systems. You know, I think we're slowly evolving. I think if we could just fast forward a hundred years, we'd see a very different way of child rearing going on in society. Call me an optimist. I don't mind. (laughs) I think you're right. I think you're right. Because facts will come about pretty quickly from the other end of this practice. I mean, this is a practice that starts from the metaphysical, but quickly rolls into the physical. And and I want to hone in on this word satisfaction, because we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll listen to more of this delicious track. But I want to leave you with just this understanding that satisfaction is only ever felt when you're connected with your inner being. So if you want to reverse engineer that, when I'm feeling satisfied, I know that I'm connecting with my inner being and allowing infinite intelligence and the broader me to stream through the physical. So this word satisfaction is really a beautiful gateway drug, if you will. And we'll talk about more about it when we get back from the break. This is your field with Sister Ray. I'm online with Debbie Ann of DebbieAnn.com and we'll be back. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach around the world, 
we depend on the generosity of listeners like you. If you enjoy the programming, please make your donation today by going to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Catherine Ponder, taken from a classic talk called The Prosperous Truth, recorded at Unity of Austin in 1991. God is extravagant supply. Get that, extravagant. God is extravagant supply. He brings forth the best robe. He spreads a banquet table, as we saw last night, with good things on which we may feast. He overflows our cup. He opens the windows of heaven and pours out a blessing. And then this is what that Unity Correspondence Course said. Why are you satisfied with such meager living when you may have so much? To find out more about Unity teachings, visit unity.org. Did you know you can reach Unity's 24-7 prayer ministry online? You don't even have to give your name to know the prayers have begun for you or those you love. Someone has been praying around the clock at Silent Unity since 1890, and every request is taken into prayer for 30 days. Why not let us pray with you, too? To submit your prayer request to Silent Unity online, go to unity.org and click on prayer, or call 816-969-2000. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment. Unity founder Charles Fillmore is quoted as saying, Here is a mental treatment guaranteed to cure every ill. Sit for half an hour every night and mentally forgive everyone against whom you have any ill will. The act of forgiveness is powerful medicine. Is there someone in your life that you can work on forgiving? Try this exercise tonight. To forgive is to set yourself free. Find out more about Unity at unity.org. Would you like to experience more peace and joy in your life through A Course in Miracles? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley support you in discovering the powerful life lessons available through this unique spiritual thought system that teaches the way to love and peace is through forgiveness. Join Jennifer every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central for A Course in Miracles, living the love, walking the talk, to experience the healing for yourself on Unity Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Everyday Attraction with Ray Zander. Welcome back from the break. This is Ray, your feel-good sister, and I'm here with Debbie Ann DeRose, who is our feel-good sister as well, talking about all things Abraham. And really today we're focusing on relationships, whether it be with uh, an intended love or your kids or even work relationships. I mean, what we're talking about today is really how to be the best parent, but these skill sets apply to all relationships because that's the beautiful thing about 
principle. So we're going to go back and uh, listen to this track that Abraham has keyed up for us, a recent workshop in Seattle, Washington, 2018. And you can check out the full track at abrahamhicks.com. We're going to jump back in where this mom, this loving mother is trying to understand how to best help her son, who when he studies and um, gets kind of kind of loses it a little bit because he's not getting the perfection that he thinks he should be. Here we go. So what most parents do is they look at the thing that needs the most. They go down and suffer and struggle with them, accomplish nothing, and then they just go away and have that relationship with somebody else later. Mm -hmm. Where if you could say, what are aspects of my son that when I focus upon them, I know for sure that I come into perfect vibrational equivalency with my own inner being. So I'm seeking vibrational mutuality with my inner being while I focus upon my son. Tell us. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is just his pure heart. He has a really pure heart. He's a good person. You don't have to talk us into it. We know that. Mm -hmm. He's got a pure heart. He's easy about things. He loves easily. His first impulse is to give somebody the benefit of the doubt. He loves. He's sort of guileless in that he doesn't go looking for trouble. He doesn't stir stuff up. He doesn't try to make a big deal out of little things. He sort of keeps to his own. Now, every bit of that hooked you up with your inner being. So now you are on par or a peer with your inner being. You are mutually, you've got mutual vibrational compatibility relative to your son. And now when you hold him as your object of attention, it benefits him. So stay off the subjects that bring you to a different place. That sounds like bad parenting, doesn't it? Sounds like, shouldn't I deal with the trouble? You mean I should only focus upon the aspects of your son that allow you to stay in concert with your inner being. And once you've mastered that, then you can have conversations about anything with him because then you won't take a dip when you're talking about it. Here are some easy words to hear. When you are really in sync with your inner being relative to anyone or anything, in this case, your son, and you've practiced it so you just don't dip. Now, you can have all kinds of step five moments with him where you can focus upon the contrast of a class he's having a hard time in, but you can focus upon the contrast without your energy taking a dip. That's what step five is. Step one is ask. Contrast causes you to do that. Step two is source answers. Your inner being becomes what you've asked for. Ask and it is given, but it's a vibrational gift. Step three is you've got to get into a place where you can see it manifest into reality. You have to get into the receiving mode where you can begin to witness those thoughts turning into things. Step four is you're just really good at that. You're so good at it because you want to be satisfied and because you're not willing to think thoughts, even if they're right in your face, even if it's about the person that matters most to you in the whole wide world, you're not willing to go there if the thought isn't satisfying because you're not willing to lose the mutuality between you and your inner being to go anywhere with anyone because you know if you do that, you've got nothing for them. So you care about satisfaction and you practice it and you practice it and you practice it and you maintain it and you're almost always there. And now he has a contrasting moment and you're observing it, even talking with him about it, but you're not losing your vibrational place. You're staying in concert with your inner being, with all the wisdom of your inner being that's flowing through you, all the good timing of your inner being that's flowing through you. When you're worried about someone, what it means every single time is they've 
convinced you to focus with them in a place that your inner being is not. That's what worry is. So let's really make this so that you can hear it. So in terms of emotions, let's just say there's one emotion we want you to reach for and let's call it satisfaction. So there's satisfaction or I'm worried about him. There's satisfaction or I'm angry with him. There's satisfaction or I'm disappointed. There's satisfaction or I'm sad that he's disappointed. There's satisfaction. or So just let it be satisfaction and anything less than that. And of course, once you hang around in satisfaction, the momentum of that becomes so much more. Passion, ecstasy, breathless anticipation. But all you got to do is find satisfaction which means you're not willing to deviate from what your inner being thinks about your son, not for one moment, even if your son is behaving in ways that almost every other parent on the planet would deviate and look. You're not willing to give up who you are because you've got to maintain who you are if you're going to be of any influence to anyone else. All right, so you're getting this, aren't you? Mm -hmm. So now you're really going to hear this. If you choose to be mutual with any other human instead of your inner being, even if there are millions of them that you are choosing to be mutual with, you're still powerless in comparison to this. So many people just choose. They go to where the squeaking wheel is. They go to where the mob rule is. But they feel terrible in the process. You can see it on their faces. You can hear it in their words. You can feel it in the absence of love that's coming out of them. There's alignment or not. There's satisfaction or not. Choose. Choose. And then talk to your son. And it's the remembering the choosing part. Because you're really making a choice at that point. Well, sometimes it feels like thoughts are choosing you. But that's always because momentum has gotten a hold. More and more, as you decide that you're going to reach for feelings of satisfaction, Esther's asking herself two or three hundred times every day as a thought occurs. She'll ask, is this a satisfying thought? And if it is, she'll just let it roll across her mind and let it become more, and it will. But if it's not a satisfying thought, because it was prompted by something that she saw or music that she heard, something she witnessed, something somebody else said, if it's not satisfying, now she's sort of on the case for looking for satisfaction. She's able to catch it at the very early stage when it doesn't have any momentum and it doesn't have any real power. So it's easier and easier to stay in a point of attraction of satisfaction. So like most people, when we have conversations, most people want to bring the issues that matter the most, which usually involves the people that matter the most, which are usually the subjects that have the most momentum. So it's more difficult if it has a lot of momentum to choose satisfaction because it has a lot of momentum. There have been so many conversations that have come before and so many things that you've witnessed, which you described in your opening words to us here. You said, I really want to get this whole thing out. Well, we didn't want you to get the whole thing out because we didn't see any point in you getting the momentum going in such a direction that we couldn't overcome it with conversations, you see. And that's the thing. If I could just explain, I just need you to understand why I'm where I'm at. Please don't. Please don't explain why you're there because it just holds you there longer. In other words, reach for thoughts of satisfaction, even if you have to change the subject altogether. I think part of what I wanted to express was, is it that I'm not doing enough prepaving in advance of this interaction? If I know that's always true. That's always true. But this will 
eventually change that. If in this moment, I'm looking for a satisfying thoughts, that's the most I can do right now. I can't go back into the past and prepave in time that I don't have in front of me anymore. So is beating up on myself satisfying or discouraging? It's discouraging, so cut it out. The most you can do is right now reach for a satisfying thought. Satisfying thoughts. I have a brilliant son, satisfying thoughts. Oh, his life is out ahead of him and it's going to be so fantastic. Satisfying thoughts. This kid loves life. Satisfying thoughts. There are hundreds of satisfying thoughts that we could spew. And when you practice them a little bit, you can too. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Wow, that was great. Because she's really, uh, they're really nailing something here. Like, it's not that you forever, you know, put that topic on the no-no list. It's just that you take the time to stop and get into alignment. And that's true of everything. Like, everything works better if you get into the vortex first. If you get into alignment with your higher self or your inner being. And then things often solve themselves or... You know what strikes me? That this is not just about literal children because we are interacting with people all day long. And some people, you might think on a soul level, maybe they're younger than you. So they're sort of like a child in a spiritual sense. Maybe if you see someone who doesn't respect other human life, for example, or, or animals, and you're, you're outraged by this, somebody who's doing something that is really terrible towards another person, well, Maybe they're young and they need to be led by a so-called grown-up in a spiritual sense. Maybe you're more of a grown-up to them. So the best way to get through to them is not to yell at them and criticize them, but to come into alignment and accord, you know, in appreciation. When you're in that vibe, then they go, oh, okay, I see what you mean. They can listen. They can learn from you. So a parent is a teacher to their child, but all of us are teachers in some way, usually throughout the day. So it's like a course in miracles as we're demonstrating, right? Everything we do, we're either demonstrating love or a call for love. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, the pineapple upside down cake is that we think suffering and struggle lead to true accomplishment. And really, it's the opposite of that. The juicy goodness is really flipped up top where you realize that it is actually the satisfaction thoughts that lead to production and accomplishment and momentum in the direction of desires. But, you know, a lot of people say, well, what about protesting, you know, and the healthiness of saying no and pushing back? And and we're really not saying that that isn't a critical part of the creative steps, as they talked about later on in that segment, we're talking about step one, which is, yeah, you better push back. You better say, hell no. You better, you know, call out the contrast. Um, but I, I actually heard in a recent workshop, I don't remember which one it was, where a woman sat down and said, well, what about the civil rights movement? Or what about the women's rights movement? I mean, a lot of women's rights came about because we were pushing against the status quo. And Abraham said, absolutely right. Step one, push against, get clarity. That contrast and that protest was important, but more would have happened quicker. Hear that. More would have happened quicker if we would have stopped protesting and got in alignment with what we wanted 
metaphysically from our thought perspective, owning it, allowing it, seeing it as true, and really focusing on the satisfying parts of our life. But that sounds crazy, right? It's like, okay, I'm going to go protest and I'm going to really get clear on what it is that I want based on what I have not had. But now I got to go home and feel satisfied because I need the work of source and spirit, which frankly, I would rather that be the work that's happening on the change level than on the human level. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think everybody's different. I mean, some people are here to protest and that's their thing. And they, you know, they don't necessarily want the kind of satisfaction that we're talking about at personal kind of connection to source. I mean, I think there, everything is source. Everything is divinity and it's all part of it, but not everybody takes the same route and that's okay. You're absolutely right. Thank you for calling that out because I think in my life, I, I'm more of a step three, four, five. That's just kind of how yeah. I've made up, how I've come in. And I, I love step one or step you know, step two is done by source. That's when the yes is, is automatically given. Step one is when you're protesting. And you're absolutely right. There are beings on the planet, and maybe they've had thousands of lifetimes, that they're just basically here to, sh- to really kick shit up. <laughs> it's great. And we need everyone. We need all of them. Yes, yes. But chances are, if you're on this podcast, chances are, not completely for sure, high bet that you're probably more of a three, four, five, fiver, which is, okay, I clear, I'm clear on what I don't want. Now let me get in the vicinity of what I do want. And that's really what they're talking about here is, you know, these tricks of the trade is in this sort of really lovely door called satisfaction. I mean, don't you just love that? Oh, darn, the way to get what I want is to feel satisfied now. It always cracks me up. <laughs> yeah. And basking in other people's positive qualities. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. And I say it's very self-loving because you're saying, I deserve to feel good. And when I focus on someone's great qualities, I feel good. And I, you know, it's good for them too. It's not irresponsible. It's actually a wonderful gift. (laughs) Yeah. And there's some science here. I mean, if you think of everything as energy, when you talk about satisfaction, like for instance, with this mother, who's trying to really focus on the satisfaction of her son and what she feels about her son. He loves easily. He gives everyone the benefit of the doubt. You know, she immediately hooked up and she had a mutual vibrational compatibility. I want to call that mutual vibrational compatibility with her inner being. That benefits her son in addition to benefiting herself. And again, that sounds like bad parenting. You're just, Paul, you know, we talk about Pollyanna. You're just focusing on what good he's doing, you're not dealing with the issue. And that's going to result in a spoiled brat. Or or a less well-rounded kid, I guess. But they're not saying don't ever focus on it. They're saying get yourself in alignment first. Because there could be a time, like let's say your your son is flunking math and you don't want to look at that because it doesn't feel good. But later on, when everyone's feeling pretty groovy, you know, maybe you look at it, well, why is that? And, you know, you might discover that it's some pivotal thing because a lot of people are are taught somehow, they're taught to believe that they're bad at math, a lot of girls especially. And it's not true. <laughs> it's just uh, something you get stuck on. And then, so if you let that go, you might be missing out on some good stuff, you know, but I think they're just saying really don't have a knee jerk reaction going into the problem, be more thoughtful about it, like get into satisfaction first. And don't dip. 
You know, don't right. take, don't take the bait, don't take the dipping. And, um, that's going to be really your secret sauce. And again, don't share this with your teachers or neighbors unless they really want to know, or they ask you, because this is so again, the opposite of what most have been taught. And, and really there's a lot of, um, I want to say structure around focusing on issues. I mean, we have an entire prison system that just focuses on what went wrong. And so this is, you know, some radical stuff. But when we look at, you know, the process of it is that when you practice satisfaction, you you really build this momentum. And they talk a lot about, you know, when you worry, you're actually, Reverend Michael Beckwith, you say that, you know, worry is rehearsing a life you don't want to have, you know? And so when we worry, we're really not focused on the truth of that person or even frankly, the truth of ourselves. We're, we're focused on the false self. Right. Worrying is a squandering of our energies. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. So it's really, you know, you can find satisfaction or you can worry. You can find satisfaction or get angry or disappointment or, you know, fill in the blank. But when you start to practice satisfaction, the momentum is really interesting as they start to say that, well, you'll start to feel ecstasy and bliss and <laughs> breathless anticipation. I was like, come on, people, let's sign up for that. That sounds like a better ride. But you're, you're really not willing to give up who you really are and come under the influence of, of negative sort of misunderstanding. And what I thought was so interesting there is that, you know, when you try to hook up and become sort of mutual with other human beings, even if it's millions of other mutual human beings, you're powerless, you know, from, from an equation standpoint, which I think is is really interesting. They often say one who is in alignment is more powerful than a million who are not. And yet when a million people get together and mutually decide on something, it looks very powerful on the surface. Yeah. We're influenced by everyone's thoughts and beliefs around us, you know, unconsciously, but we can consciously choose to wait a minute. I don't want that thought. I don't want that belief. You know, we are co-creating together, but um, we do have free will. We just don't use it as much as we could, I think. (laughs) And we do get into that place of where thoughts feel like they're thinking us rather than we thinking thoughts. And that's really momentum. That's when you're so in the throes of what's happening around you and you've paid attention to it. And that's when meditation is a good reset. As I mentioned in the beginning of the show, the essential oils are a great practice to do kind of a let's come back to zero, let's come back to a reset mm-hmm. and, and really, you know, give yourself it's kind of tough to go from the influence of millions to the influence of your inner being. That's a little bit mm-hmm. of a, a large gap. So you can kind of give yourself a break and find different ways to sort of just quiet the mind and then choose again. The idea of, of you know, Esther two or 300 times a day asking herself, is that a satisfying thought? I think that's a wonderful practice for for all of us who are involved in this, you know, this kind of living is let's go out and practice. Is that a satisfying thought before you go too deep into any certain line of thinking and email us what your experiences are everydayattraction at gmail.com. What happens when you stopped and thought, is that satisfying? And then when it isn't, if it's not satisfying, then choose, choose again not even just drop it, just choose again. Right. You know how they say, you know, an airplane is course correcting like over 95% of the time. (laughs) So we're doing that too. So it's just part of the game. 
it's not cause for self-criticism at all. It's just, oh, cool. <laughs> Pivot. <laughs> yeah, you got there at the end, you know, where the mom was kind of wanting to beat herself up. She's like, oh, am I not pre-paving well enough? It's like, oh, God, oh. there we go. <laughs> you know, sure, mm-hmm. but that doesn't help. <laughs> Is that a satisfying thought? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, right. Self self love is the bomb diggity. <laughs> and we stop beating up on ourselves, you know, and we start to say, okay, I can pivot from here. So this is really a fun practice. And and I think again, um it is something that you can do in the confines of your own mind and your <laughs> not to go around kind of proclaiming to everyone that um that you're only looking for satisfaction because again, it doesn't go well. <laughs> Yeah, you got to keep it under your hat, but there's ample opportunity to practice all day long with other people because our lives are filled with relationships of one kind or another. So it's kind of fun. You can put it into use immediately and see the results. And I think actually, we were talking about child relationships and family. We're talking about spouses and husbands and wives. But, you know, you can take the same formula and apply it to politics, apply it to cash flow, apply it to your health. And if you have, are going through a health opportunity, it really doesn't matter. The same rules apply. So I want to thank everybody for listening. We've been listening to Everyday Attraction here on Unity.fm and my wonderful cohort has been Debbie Ann. You can check out more of Debbie Ann's books and opportunities to connect with her as a coach and an advisor on all things law of attraction at debbieann.com. And it's D-E-B-B-I-A-N-N-E.com. We thank you again for joining us and check out the website at everydayattraction.com. And until then, feel good, brothers and sisters, or at least feel a little bit better. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. When listeners like you contribute to Unity Online Radio, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make a one-time donation. Or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Catherine Ponder, taken from a classic talk called The Prosperous Truth, recorded at Unity of Austin in 1991. God is extravagant supply. Get that, extravagant. God is extravagant supply. He brings forth the best robe. He spreads a banquet table, as we saw last night, with good things on which we may feast. He overflows our cup. He opens the windows of heaven and pours out a blessing. And then this is what that Unity Correspondence Course said. Why are you satisfied with such meager living when you may have so much? 
To find out more about Unity teachings, visit unity.org. Would you like to show your support for Unity Online Radio? You can donate easily on your phone by texting the word VOICE to 50555 and donate $10 to support Unity Online Radio. It's easy to do, and your offering will help us keep inspirational and positive programming on the air. Remember, just text the word VOICE to 50555 and support your favorite shows on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Follow Unity Online Radio on Facebook and Twitter and stay up to date with all your favorite shows. Become a fan by clicking the like button. You can join in with a Facebook Live event or just like and share our post. Be the first to find out about any big special guests that might be appearing on the air or any events at Unity Village. We want to hear from you. Make sure you leave any questions or comments about Unity programming. Thanks for listening. Stretch your mind and open your heart every Thursday at 10 a.m. Central with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien and the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way. Gain insights into spiritual principles that touch upon the most practical aspects of our lives, like work, relationships, health, and diet. Discover time-tested practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga, a philosophy for living a more fulfilled life in today's hectic world. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach around the world, we depend on the generosity of listeners like you. If you enjoy the programming, Please make your donation today by going to UnityOnlineRadio.org and click on Donate. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.